To all you freedom lovers out there, and those of you who are freedom haters, but watch this show that, just so that you can tweet angry things at me. How's it going, people, and thanks for the views. It is November 16th, 2020. We are just one day shy of two weeks from that election that we had, and uh, we still don't really have results. We've got the AP saying we've got results, and we've got CNN saying results, but no results have been certified. Uh, we don't have results in like a resulty sort of way if you care about the system that's supposed to tell us how everything works. We've got news organizations that have told us something has happened. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, as you guys know, I was in Dallas last week. It was my first trip since uh, lockdown began. I actually got on an airplane and I traveled to another state, another state that is a little more freedom loving, Texas, than uh, the state of California that I live in. I had dinner with friends, we hugged, we shared food. There was, it was, you know, they had the Brussels sprouts with the spoon. And you know my theory about sharing the spoon at Thanksgiving. It's like, you know, if there's a big thing of potatoes, big thing of, you know, stuffing, Brussels sprouts, whatever it may be, you share the spoon. It's okay, it's okay. Um, so we did that, had a great time. There's a lot of good things going on that I'll have some updates for you guys in the next couple of weeks, but some interesting stuff happening. Uh, with the blaze down in Dallas and, and a ton of great stuff happening uh, with locals. And if you don't know what we're doing with locals, check out rubenreport.com. And, uh, and of course, as I tweeted out this morning, if you thought things have been bananas, it's gonna be a super bananas week. You can just kind of feel it. Sometimes I wake up and I can just kind of feel like, oh, today's not gonna be too crazy or this week is kind of gonna be okay. And then, you know, you always get surprised, of course, along the way. But I just have a sense that this week is going to be super ultra pasteurized bananas. It's just, it's just gonna be nutty. You can kind of feel it already. So we are doing an extra story today. You guys know I like to do two or three stories, but I said to my guys about a half hour ago, we've got to bump in a fourth story because of all the craziness. So we're gonna talk a little bit about obviously the election. We're gonna talk about COVID. We're gonna talk about this, this Bill Maher video, a guy who I, I used to admire a ton, who was one of my first inspirations in all this thing, but I think he's lost the plot a little bit. Of course, I'd be happy to have that conversation with him. Uh, and then we're gonna talk about uh, one of the transition members of the Joe Biden president-elect office. It's not really an office. Uh, who, in a piece in the Washington Post about a year ago, was calling to end free speech. No more First Amendment. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, but let's start with what happened this weekend because there was some interesting stuff that happened and I'm going to try to present something to you now that is an honest take on what happened. Now, this is not what you're going to get, as I always say, from CNN or the New York Times, okay? And I was even tweeting that, and many other people were actually tweeting that over the weekend. So there was a MAGA million march in DC. It is unclear how many people showed, whether it was a million people or several hundred thousand people, but there were thousands and thousands of people. There, were, there are videos and pictures of just streets absolutely lined up with Trump supporters, Trump flags, American flags. There was virtually no violence during the day. People were happy. They were cheering on America, people of all walks of life and all colors and all of that stuff that we're all so sick of talking about that gets jammed down our throats by the mainstream media every day. Uh, but of course, the, the day did not end that way when the BLM, Antifa people 
showed up. But I want to first show you, and I guarantee that this is not on CNN today, okay? Guarantee this is not on CNN today. This is the national anthem uh, being sung by some of the Trump supporters at the MAGA Million March, and it's actually quite heartwarming and lovely. Take a look. I mean, tell me that is not spectacular. You know, we used to do that sort of thing at baseball games and basketball games and football games when we used to go to games with audiences. Uh, but we don't do that anymore, apparently. And I mean, just look. Beautiful, thousands of people singing the national anthem and they're not doing it in the name of racism or misogyny or homophobia or anything else. They're doing it in the name of we love America. And for hours and hours throughout the day, there were good people out there expressing their right, which is their, their God-given right enshrined in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights of the United States to use their free expression and their free speech to stand up for what they believe in. They did not burn down stores, they did not loot anything, they did not attack people in restaurants or attack police officers or stop cars on the road or anything else. They did it the right way. Now, you may not agree with exactly what they were saying. You may not agree with what they feel about the election results or anything else. But the point is, these are people organizing, with doing something that is the most American thing that you can do, and doing it peacefully, the way it's supposed to be done, and not the way the other side does it, even though we're always told these are the bad guys, right? So what the media does is they'll ignore, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there singing the national anthem and doing it uh, peacefully, and then they'll focus on the violent part. So then let's show you, we have four videos here. Uh, we're just packing this into about 50 seconds. We just cut them up uh, of just random violent events once Antifa and BLM showed up. And then, of course, you'll see that most of this happened once uh, the sun set. So take a look. So that's just a tiny sampling of the videos of the day. They were all going across Twitter. Now, the media will frame these things. If you're going to see any of these videos, it will be framed somehow that Trump supporters were attacking people, although they'll mostly ignore it because so many of the videos are so obvious. Or they might selectively edit it so that someone who responds to an attack will look like the attacker and the rest of it. This, again, is why the mainstream media is crumbling and, and deservingly so. I, I quickly did a scan of most of the CNN anchors' Twitter feeds yesterday and somehow didn't, didn't tweet out 
anything about the peaceful stuff and then didn't tweet out anything of the violent stuff because it didn't fit the narrative, right? Now there's many more videos. There's, there's people attacking children, attacking elderly people, all sorts of craziness. Uh, just think about it this way. Do you think any of the Trump supporters who showed up with American flags, Trump flags, all of those things who were all being peaceful, do you think that they were thinking, okay, the, the way this night should end is we're gonna start wrecking havoc on the city and attacking people in restaurants and everything else. I mean, you saw in that compilation we just showed, I mean, people that were literally sitting at restaurants outside having fireworks thrown at them, windows broken and the rest of it. These are not the Trump supporters. It doesn't make the Trump supporters right about everything or necessarily right about the election. That's a separate issue altogether. Antifa and BLM, but, but in this case, mostly Antifa. These are masked thugs who are here to, to create violence. And why is it that the Democrats, why is it that mainstream media is completely unable to talk about this honestly, thus leaving me and other people, other internet people to talk about this? It's, it's absolutely bananas, goes to the reality war that I'm constantly talking about. And these people, in effect, are domestic terrorists. Imagine if you were sitting there, really put yourself in the situation. You're sitting at a restaurant outside and people just start attacking you. They have no idea what you believe, but it doesn't even matter. They are, they are trying to burn down everything and we don't have honest political leaders, especially on the left, who will, who will deal with it. If anything, they, they're enjoying the violence because it allows them to frame it somehow that the evil Trump people did it. Anyway, I, I know we could probably do stories like this every freaking day because this stuff never stops. I mean, the, the amount of stuff we see out of Portland every day where they're actually going into residential neighborhoods and harassing people now. It's just, it's just kind of endless, but it's important for you to know this and to see the truth so that when you get into the arguments and the fights with people who will tell you that Trump has roving gangs of white supremacists out there, well, no, he doesn't. And the freaking Proud Boys were out there. And were they, pro were they out there in honor of white supremacy? Awful lot of black and Latino uh, people out there in honor of white supremacy. I mean, the whole thing is so backwards. They're telling you not to see what you can see with your own eyes and then to see things that don't exist. It, it actually is nutty. But speaking of nutty, how about a transition right there? Speaking of nutty, Dr. Fauci, uh, has uh, a new interview that he did on CNN. And he said that masks are still gonna be necessary after getting the vaccine. Now let's not forget, uh, Pfizer said that they have a 90% vaccine last week, and then everybody was discussing how it will be distributed. Trump did a kind of funny thing, basically saying that you know New York's not gonna get it unless Cuomo wants it. And Cuomo said he didn't want something coming from Trump, so then it's a good play of getting like the people of New York actually upset at Cuomo. Uh, now apparently another drug company has another vaccine. So there's interesting things happening on the ground, okay? We know this to be true. Uh, but listen to Fauci and, and let's discuss after. You know, I would recommend that that's not the case. I would recommend you have an added uh, area of protection. Obviously, with a 90 plus percent effective vaccine, you could feel much more confident. But I would recommend to people to not abandon all public health measures just because you've been vaccinated because even though for the general population it might be 90 to 95 percent effective you don't necessarily know for you how effective it is so when i get vaccinated which i hope to when when it becomes my turn to get vaccinated 
I'm not going to abandon completely public health measures. I could feel more relaxed and, and essentially not having the stringency of it that we have right now. But I think abandoning it completely would not be a good idea. Okay, so there, there's a couple things there. Now, first off, I'm not here to bash Fauci, okay? Now, he's a, he's a government scientist, in effect, and as we know, it's not like these days. This isn't like, you know, back in the 60s, we're going to the moon and we get the best government, you know, the best scientists become government scientists who are all the innovators and everything else. Most of them work in, in private enterprise now. So, but I'm not here to bash Fauci, and, and Fauci's made some mistakes, and he's, he's done some things right, and he's kind of flipped on some things and everything else. Nobody's perfect. This is why I also don't get crazed about all the politicians mucking something up every now and again, because nobody's perfect, and hindsight is 20-20 and all of those things. But what he said there is that the, the vaccine will be 90 to 95 percent effective, okay? Uh, we also know that right now, uh, coronavirus, COVID, has something like a 99 percent recovery rate. We know that elderly people and people with pre-existing conditions get sick. So at what time is it enough? At what time is it to say, okay, we don't have to wear masks anymore. We don't have to social distance and everything else. And that's why you really got to remember this one part, if nothing else, when they're telling you, when the Biden administration is saying, hey, we're going to do a federal lockdown, why keep outsourcing all of your decisions, your Thanksgiving plans, your Christmas plans? Jake Tapper was on CNN uh, yesterday talking about canceling Christmas, okay? Literally, find the video. I'm not making this shit up. Um, why would we keep outsourcing all of our personal decisions and who we're going to have in our house and everything else to these people? This is bad news. Just because someone that is a, an authoritative source at some level says something, these are the same people who were telling us two weeks to flatten the curve. That was nine months ago. So something is rotten in Stinktown. You got me? Something, something ain't right here. So I am not saying that when you get the vaccine, and as he said, it's 90 to 95%, that doesn't necessarily mean you run around and you start sneezing on people and licking uh, phone poles and, and whatever else there is. But it's like, we do also need to start opening up. We also need to start living normally. And I think that this, this constant push to now tell us how we can celebrate Thanksgiving, whether we can celebrate Christmas, while at the same time, we know that, uh, here in California, Gavin Newsom, our governor, who's telling people you can't have more than 10 people over for Thanksgiving, he was at a party with at least 12 other people at French Laundry, which is one of the most expensive restaurants in, the, in wine country, in Sonoma, Napa area. It's like 150 bucks a plate. In normal times, you can't get reservations there for months. We tried to go once, and we could not get reservations. But, so, but that's what they do. You know, and you see the, the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, she's a real piece of work in Chicago, and she's out on the street without a mask, and Chuck Schumer's out on a street without a mask, and all of these people, they act one way and they want you to act another way. So it's like, why should we trust that layer of people that just want to control us? And, and I really think we need to think about this more. And, and for those of you that watch, I, I get some emails about this, people say, Dave, you're telling people not to go out, you know, to go out there without masks, blah, blah. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you, you must do what is right for you and your family and by extension, your local community, that it should be bottom up, not top down. Because it seems to me that no matter how much authority, the more authority that we give them, the more they want to take, which is why, and find the videos of me saying it, guys, back in May when they were saying, 
uh, in California, we're gonna lock down to August, August 1st, then we'll reopen. You can find the videos of me saying, I guarantee we don't open in August 1st because that's what they do. They just keep moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. And in many ways, I still think this has far more to do with destroying the economy and keeping people afraid and afraid of rallying because they don't like which way the rallies are going right now because the rallies are for Trump. And let's not forget also that last Saturday when the AP announced that Biden was the president-elect, you had people all over New York, hundreds and thousands of people celebrating maskless, the great video of these girls sharing a bottle of champagne. Nobody talked about uh, COVID spreading there. It wasn't a super, super spreader event. But when the Trump people get out there, it is. I mean, that's why COVID and politics and the election and all these things, they've become like this twisted thing that are, that are they're just tangled and they can't be untangled. And do, do what is right for you. And I think if we all start doing what's right for us, that we might have some better, uh, we might have some better results, at least at the personal level in, in your own personal life. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Bill Maher. Now, Bill Maher, as you know, uh, has been basically the sort of standard bearer of the left. I would say for the last almost 30 years in America, like he's the most public outspoken lefty. But I would, for the most part, call Bill Maher an old school liberal. Uh, Bill Maher and I agree on most of the things, especially on, on the free speech stuff. Where I would say I differ from him now is that I definitely am more conservative economically, and in terms of states' rights and all of that kind of stuff, where he's just kind of gone in on, on the big government stuff. So what I see the flaw in Bill's thinking is that he's always railing against the government, they're all corrupt, they're all evil, blah, 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 and his answer is always, oh, but just tax everybody more and more government programs and everything else. That's very consistent with the flaw that I see on by most lefties thinking. But that being said, I, I like Bill Maher. I've, I've met him once or twice and chatted with him. I was supposed to be on the show for my book and then it got canceled because of COVID and then they asked me one other time, but that hasn't happened. I, I don't really care anymore. The show kind of feels, feels old, like it, it used to be sort of a gatekeeper show. It kind of doesn't feel that way anymore. But all of that being said, I think Bill, Bill is basically the last sort of mainstream, relatively sane voice on the left, okay? And often he's just repeating things that I was saying a year or two ago. Um, and I don't think that's a, a coincidence. Well, anyway, he, on his show this week, he did a, a little piece calling out the woke Democrats, the, the really crazy lefties and the identity politics people and all that. Let's take a look and then we will analyze. But Democrats were supposed to flip the Senate and didn't. Supposed to flip state legislatures, not a one. And they lost seats in the House in a year that was so much about making people aware of racism. Their share of minority votes went down. The message to Democrats from so much of the country seems to be, we don't like Trump, but we still can't bring ourselves to vote for you. If Cracker Jack was made of popcorn and dog shit, and half the people threw out the popcorn, popcorn should want to know why. <laughs> Liberals can either write off half the country as irredeemable, or they can ask, what is it about a D next to a candidate's name that makes it so toxic? Let's ask Ruben Gallego. He's a congressman from Arizona. He was asked how his Democrats could do a better job connecting to Latinos. He said, first, start by not using the term Latinx, which the vast majority of Latinos have never heard of, and when they do, don't like it. Who likes it? pandering white politicians who mistake Twitter for real people. And don't get it that Latinx is like fetch. 
You can try to make it happen, but it's never gonna. Virginia Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger said after the election, if we are classifying Tuesday as a success, we will get fucking torn apart in 2022. And that's a congresswoman. <laughs> she was urging members not to talk about defunding the police. James Clyburn agreed. Defund the police is killing our party, he said. Pennsylvania Democrat Connor Lamb says Democratic rhetoric needs to be dialed back. It needs to be rooted in common sense. Thank you. Thank you. There, in my opinion, is the crux of the problem. Democrats too often don't come across as having common sense to a huge swath of Americans. Yeah, you're right, Bill. Democrats often come off as not having common sense. And I would argue at this point, the ship has sailed. And there are virtually no Democrats that have common sense. And this is the split between the liberals and the lefties that I've been talking about forever. If you're a sane liberal, what policy is it that the Democrats have? Or what public person do they have out there pushing for those sane policies? Just in the last two weeks, since the president-elect Biden uh, transition team has come in, they're talking about put a, putting critical race theory back in the federal institutions. It's coming back if he becomes president. That is the most anti-liberal set of ideas that we're gonna focus on people's race more than anything else that you could possibly imagine. They are putting Title IX back in, so due process on college campuses will be gone. All of the economic stuff that we're just gonna tax the hell out of people just because we feel like it so we can have more government programs. Well, that does sound like a very lefty thing, but it's actually not a truly old school liberal idea because you want the market to do as much as possible. Now they're saying that they're gonna do $15 minimum wage by executive action. I mean, I don't think that's how the government works, but nothing quite works as it's supposed to. And, and what I mean by the divide is, so what at this point makes you a liberal Bill Maher? I mean, I mean this Bill Maher, if you're watching this or your producers that watch my show, obviously. It's like, what makes you a liberal at this point? You, in effect, you're a conservative. As I have been saying forever, defending my liberal values is becoming a conservative position. If you care about free speech, which is what I think Bill cares about most, free speech and free expression, that used to be a liberal value. It is not anymore. And when you couple that with big tech, and the story that I'm about to do in a moment where the, the Biden transition guy is literally calling for free speech to be, the First Amendment to be changed, um, you will understand that there is nothing left. It, it isn't to say that there aren't decent Democrats. Of course there are, but the leadership has been absolutely decimated. If you think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are somehow the moderates that can stand up to AOC and Biden and everyone else, like uh, to AOC and, and Ilhan Omar and the rest of them, like you're, you're really wrong. And, and Biden, of course, can't stand up to anything because once, once he's installed, that's the word that Chuck Schumer said, once, once Biden is installed as president, we're never gonna see Biden again. Biden isn't gonna be running this thing. They're gonna have, Biden has dementia and they're gonna basically hide him in a basement until one day they admit it and then, and then Kamala will be president. I don't even think that's like crazy conspiracy stuff to be talking about. Like I think most people kinda think that. But if you say it, they'll tell you you're a, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. But the, the, the fundamental difference that I have with Marr is that he seems to think, and I would say there's a few somewhat sane liberals that seem to think we can still save the Democrats, we can still save the left, something like that. Even though there's no evidence of it, we can see all of the bad ideas getting strengthened and 
On the right, it's like, sure, you, you come over here, we'll, we'll talk to you, we'll agree to disagree. Oh, so you're pro-choice, we're pro-life. Okay, let, let's talk it out, let, let's see what happens. Or we'll accept you, we'll fully accept you, someone like Rudy Giuliani, who was for gay marriage years ago and, and is pro-choice, right? Me, we'll accept you. So there's a lot of room over here and there's no room over here. And I think, you know, th this endless pretending that, that there's anything left on the left or that the Democrats are ever gonna be decent or get rid of these bad ideas or that, or that the decent people have any energy or that Biden was the thing that was gonna stop the lunacy. It's all rushing in right now. You can feel it. You can feel all of the bad things that wokeism brings. You can feel them getting strength right now because they're empowered. In many ways, you could actually connect that to the Antifa guys feeling empowered right now because they're just like, oh, well, once Biden's in charge, we could do whatever we want because Trump at least was gonna threaten to do some things and threaten to send in feds in some of these ridiculous cities, but we know Biden won't do that. So all of the bad ideas and the bad actors are being emboldened right now. And, and I hope that for whatever, whichever uh, Bill Maher producer is watching this, because I know you guys do watch the show, um, I hope that you understand that I would love to have this conversation with him. This is not a knock on him. I think, I think we in many ways saw the world a very similar way and I think what I'm talking about and, and the, sort of, the sort of death of liberalism and how liberalism can be saved by conservatism, I think that's the future here. He seems to think this can be saved. You wanna talk about it? We could do it on my show, you could do it on your show. I, but I mean, in a certain way, I don't even care anymore, but I'm just putting it out there, there we go. Uh, but let's talk about one other thing which kind of loops this whole thing together. There was a Washington Post op-ed written last year by Richard Stengel. He's a former Obama administration official and he was, I believe, the editor, in, uh, the editor of Time Magazine. And uh, he wrote a piece about putting limits on free speech. He is now in the Biden transition team. So when I talk about the fact that these bad ideas of critical race theory, of the attacks on the First Amendment, the attacks on the Second Amendment, um, you know, getting rid of due process. When I talk about these things, they're not just ideas that we're talking about like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if these things exist or not, like nothing will ever change. Well, now you've got people that are in charge of the Biden transition, if he is to transition into presidency, different type of transition, if he is to do that though, there are people who have literally written op-eds on changing the First Amendment and changing what the very definition of free speech in an American context is. So this is a piece in the Washington Post and I'm gonna read about a paragraph here. This is from last year. It's an opinion piece by Richard Stengel, uh, who was a public diplomacy uh, expert under the Obama administration. Quote, hate speech has less violent but nearly as damaging impact in another way. It diminishes tolerance, it enables discrimination. Isn't that, by definition, speech that undermines the values that the First Amendment was designed to protect? Fairness, due process, equality before the law. Why shouldn't the states experiment with their own version of hate speech statutes to penalize such speech that deliberately insults people based on religion, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation? Well, Goodbye comedians and let's cancel everybody from Don Rickles to George Carlin and there's no funny comedians anymore, but you see the point. Oh, so we should get rid of the First Amendment, right? And we should just leave it up to the states and the states can decide who you're allowed to offend. Now, in many ways, I'm guessing that this very issue is one of the things that drove you to this show because you know, years ago, 
when, when Jordan Peterson was just catching fire online, uh, one of the issues that, that sort of put him to the forefront was they were gonna try to pass an ordinance in Canada that you would be able to be penalized by law if you misgendered someone, meaning if you were walking down the street and you said, good day, ma'am, and it turned out to be a guy, and you maybe even did it unintentionally, uh, that you could be penalized in some way. Now, as Jordan said a million times, and as I will say a million times, I have total respect for trans people. If you choose to, to make that transition, that's all well and good, but you can't force me to have compelled speech to, to use a pronoun or anything else, but if you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. This is, this is all basic stuff that we've all been through a million times before. But the idea that the government could come in and say, you misgendered that person, or you made a bad joke about that group of people or the rest of it, that is completely counter to the First Amendment, which is why he's saying, in effect, let's get rid of the First Amendment, but it's anti-American. You know, our ability to talk things out and to joke about things, it's one of the great things that we have. And I, I promise you guys, I get so much email about this that, People in other countries that don't have the First Amendment, virtually every country in the world that doesn't have the protections of, around free speech that we do, they are shocked. They are shocked that we even entertain these ridiculous ideas. And again, this is why I'm bringing up this story. Although this is an op-ed from a year ago, this person is now involved in the Biden administration, in the, in the transition, if it is to happen. This is a real problem because they will come after free speech, because in effect what they'll do is they'll say, oh, see half of the country, those 71 million Trump-supporting white supremacists? Well, should they have free speech? What does that mean? Should they be allowed to go to the bank? Should they be allowed to be on Twitter? Should they be allowed to open restaurants or everything else? And then when you throw in COVID on top of it, where it'll be those are the people who are for opening up the country and they're spreading the disease and we're the good people, we stay at home, we don't spread the disease, we watch what we say, we bow to the leader. Like that is where we're gonna end up with all of this craziness. And I think you just need to be thinking about it. You know, like think about the big picture stuff, not necessarily the day-to-day -day political machinations because something, something strange is going on here and we gotta keep fighting it and I'm gonna keep fighting it and I hope you keep fighting it and I think, I think we can win. I, I don't know what win means. Like, I don't know if win means an election or if win means some sort of ideological battle in, in the long term or anything else, but we, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, so anyway, I hope I gave you something that gives you a little something to work with in your own world today. Uh, I've got a, a busy day of interviews and a bunch of stuff coming ahead. And uh, have a good day, everybody. Get out there, breathe, take a walk. Walk your dog, walk your cat, walk your turtle, people. All right, see you tomorrow.